What's up, everybody? It is the Air It Out podcast. Brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com. Get everything football you need right there. Right there. Don't forget that Madden tourney. Sherm, 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 sherm. Right around the corner. Limited spots still available. If you're good with the sticks, check it out. There's a buy-in. You can win some cash. All sorts of good stuff there. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. You're going to say something. Go ahead. You're going to speak? No, nah, man. Just You said everything they need to say. Oh, okay. All right. I thought, I thought you were going to get that stick game talking right now. <laughs> uh, but again, check out InsideTheHashes.com for that. It's the Aired Out Podcast. Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, Kevin Crockett. Maybe the only four guys uh, in, the, in the world right now haven't been traded. Uh, <laughs> the NFL, it has been crazy. You know, we were kind of talking about this as this was getting started. First thing I got to ask you, Matt, Avery, you look like you're, 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 you're putzing along in here, man. You all right? We had a, we had a slow roll in here. It wasn't like a, wasn't like a, like a mean mugging, you know, like, ah, kind of slow roll. It was like, a, I think I pulled a hammy slow roll. No, it's just, um, just a lot of, I'm doing this 30 day fitness challenge and I think I overworked myself yesterday training somebody and then actually lifting and I didn't get home until like two in the morning. It was just a thing. It was a thing, but I'm good. I'm here. You are. You said you were feeling under the weather. Question Very for true. you. Have you ever told anybody you're feeling over the weather? Actually, no, but I think I might. So I think just I might one, have to start that. One of those things that's just like, you know, if, if I'm not, like if, if you walked that. into a room and you were just like, man, I am feeling over the weather, everybody would be like, what is wrong with you? That doesn't make any sense. But that's a, that's a, that's a trendsetter right there. I See, like that. Well, you know, I, I stay woke. I don't know what you want me to say. Stay woke is another See? one. Stay woke, you know. <laughs> See, look, stay sleep. Ooh, get them, get them, preach you know to them. How know. come we cook bacon, but we bake cookies? You feel me? Uh-huh. How come we park in the driveway? Yeah, but everybody knows the park in the driveway is <laughs> not in the parkway. I'm trying to hit you with some real knowledge. How come you're baking cookies, but cooking bacon? Okay, uh, getting back to the NFL here. Uh, we were, before we got into this whole thing, uh, talking off the air, like how crazy it is, especially it seems like the one element that football was missing compared to all the other sports was like a crazy trade deadline. And we had talked about this before in a podcast before that part of that is because there's a playbook you have to get to know. And mm -hmm. unless you're getting traded, which, and it's rare that guys have gotten traded around the trade deadline, let alone names that you actually know, not just a guy maybe filling in a roster spot or things like that, but big name players, relatively big name players getting moved for high end draft picks. And again, this is just an element that the NFL has kind of been missing, but uh, snacks Harrison goes on the move today to Detroit for a fifth round pick. Carlos Hyde gets traded to Jacksonville, Amari Cooper for a number one, a number one pick to Dallas, Eli Apple to new Orleans. And there's still six days left until the trade deadline. So, uh, those are just a couple of the moves. I'm probably forgetting some of the smaller ones there, but just going through, especially what happened today with Snacks Harrison, clearly a move where no one likes to use the word tanking, but I think it's safe to say that the New York Giants have realized by trading Eli Apple and trading Snacks Harrison, like, hey, the writing's on the wall. This season's not going anywhere. Maybe we should sell our assets prior to the trade deadline. And it's just a, a piece that the NFL hasn't had working for it. It's exciting. I know social media is buzzing right now. I know I'm refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds, searching Eagles just to see if anything's coming up, uh, but trades in general. So Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Take a look at that landscape. Take a look at some of the moves that happen. What's kind of the first thing that jumps out at you and all that? Well, obviously the first thing that jumps up is obviously the Amari Cooper trade to Dallas. And when I think about it, I'm like, I also saw the report that the Eagles offer a second, a second round pick for Amari Cooper, and then Jerry Jones just jumps in like, no, whoa, 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 they're offering you a second. Okay, we'll give you the first. And I think it's 
I understand why the move. You need Dak. You need Dak to get more weapons. Um, obviously, you have Michael Gallup. You have Cole Beasley. But after that, your wide receiver core is a little thin. I'm just not a fan of just trading a, a first round pick for a guy who has struggled over the past two years. After this year, you have a fifth round option, and you end up having to pay him. It's like a Roy Williams situation all over again, in which you just could have avoided back back like in April and May. You could have just gotten Calvin Ridley at that spot at number 19 instead of just trading a first round pick right now for Amari Cooper. Um I'm gonna have to I, I agree that it on paper doesn't make sense, but I, I've said this because we had we had this uh this discussion in our in our chat. Um it kind of makes sense to me if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Only if you're the Dallas Cowboys, right? If you're in that and you're in that position, right? So I'm thinking about a couple things here. I'm thinking about Dak Prescott and um, Ezekiel Elliott's rookie year when they went 12 and four, and they had Des Bryant. Obviously, they still had Jason Witten as well, so he was a factor. But you have a legit threat at number one, um, and you rely on the running game and you take pressure off of Dak. I think that's what they're trying to get back to. So, um, and then as far as you know, with, with the Eagles, I, I feel like to me, I mean. It was it was a great finesse by Gruden. Like I'll hold out one more week, and I got the first round pick that I wanted. I think Amari Cooper can still be a threat. I know he has issues with you know drops and everything like that, but I still believe that he puts a threat on a defense's uh, mind more so than a, a Galloway or a Cole Beasley. So I think be, with I think if they get back to and I made the point the other day, like if they were thinking about, I'm not saying they were, but if they were thinking about using a number one pick. To get a receiver anyway, why not get somebody who's at least proven in the NFL to be a threat? I know the last two seasons have been very shaky, but at the same time, I, th- I feel like a new, you know, a change of scenery um, could could possibly help them. So I I think it makes sense for Dallas only if that's the route they were going. No, I I agree. Um, trying to get a number one wide receiver because. The way the NFC East is basically shaped out, it's basically anyone's. It's wide open, open. exactly. Yeah, the Eagles haven't separated themselves from the pack. Washington's four and two, but nobody really believes in that four and two. Mm-hmm. Not on not even Washington fans themselves. And let, let's be honest, like that that call that call like on the last one with the field goal that that was a bogus call. Hmm. It should have that game should have gone to overtime. But I agree. Like I understand why they did the move. I just I'm just not a fan of trading first round picks, especially Dallas history over the past few years. Which with the first round picks, you got to think Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Zeke Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good track record. Leighton Vanderesh, who has stepped in so well for mm-hmm. the injured Sean Lee. I just not a fan. Like if I'm Dallas, those first round picks, they they scouted and they've done well recently. I'm just not a fan of getting. And I agree with all your points, which makes me. I'm I'm thinking I'm like what's the biggest hole on that team right now? It's not on the defensive side, it's on the offensive side at the receiver position. So why not get uh, a guy like I said who's proven to be at least a threat in the league? I mean to me, you know some people say no the biggest hole is quarterback. I, I'm I'm still not sold on Dak is terrible right now. I, I think he's a consistent quarterback who knows how to win some football games. Do I think he's ever going to be elite? Probably not, but I think he's good enough to get you at least. A Super Bowl or two, if they lean on the run game and they have a, a, a legit threat at receiver and they play good defense. So, um, and like I said, because of, because of the because of the division that they play in, especially right now, it's so wide open. It's not you know foreign to think that they could you know possibly go on a run. I don't think it'll happen, but is it a possibility with a number one receiver and a, a very very strong running game? Uh, possibly, but you know, to your to your point. 
they they have drafted well with their first round picks uh, recently. They so. could have got Devontae Parker for a lot less, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess the question that I wanted to come back to is we're talking about how now he is uh, obviously there's not a whole lot of threats on the Cowboys offense, and Amari Cooper has at times in his career, albeit it's been a while since he's shown up big, has shown that he has the caliber to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So while he's the number one wide receiver on the Cowboys, is he a number one wide receiver in the NFL in general? I mean, we talk in here a lot. We had a big conversation last week about Tyreek Hill, and and I would certainly make the case that the, the comparison between Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper, if we're debating on Tyreek Hill as a number one wide receiver, a top five wide receiver, is far and away different right now. So is Amari Cooper a number one wide receiver? I think it depends on what team he's on. He was the number one on Oakland. He'll be the number one on Dallas. He'll, he'd be the number one in Tennessee. He'd be Was he the number one in Oakland, though? Because Jordy Nelson, at 84 years old, has been putting up numbers <laughs> like, a, like a veteran wide receiver should, like a, guy who, yeah. like a guy who knows how to run routes and get open and has mm-hmm. confidence. In it. So, I mean, it, it, pff, it, it, by comparison, he, we're talking about Jordy Nelson the to reason, Amari The Cooper. reason is because he was getting less of the attention. Amari Cooper was getting more of the attention because he's the bigger threat on the field. He can beat you down the field more so than a Jordy Nelson can. Um, and like I said, he's he's proven to be he can at times be a big play receiver. So um, I think I think in my opinion, yeah, he would still be considered the one on Oakland. But, um, but, I, I, but I'm just going to stop right there because I want to argue your point. You talk about how he gets more attention. One of the things that we joke about with obviously with you as a Falcons fan is that Julio's not scoring <laughs> touchdowns. Right. But Julio Jones finds ways to get open. Like mm-hmm. the, like all, all these guys we're talking about again. So you can again, make I'm not saying he's no, no, no. like a, 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 an elite receiver in the yeah. league. I think, like I said, it depends on what team he goes. If he went to a Falcons, he wouldn't be a number one receiver. If he went to the Steelers, he wouldn't be a number. But if he goes to the Titans, he's a number one receiver. He goes to the Jags, he's a number one receiver. He, Oakland, he's a number Dallas, he's a number one. It just it depends on the situation as to where. Like, I like I said, I don't believe he's even top ten in the league as far as that position. I just feel like he's a number one on a specific team. No, I agree with Avery. I think it depends on what team he has no choice but to be that number one overall wide receiver. But if all the wide receivers are like in a pool vacuum and I pull every single one of them out over Amari Cooper, I'd probably pick him at least between 12 or 15 over him. Yeah. Okay. All right, it'll be interesting because I, I still think, to your point, Avery, that the big question mark is Dak. Now, you get him another weapon. You give him an advantage on the field that he didn't have before. I, I think there's no denying Cooper's talent. I think, obviously, he hasn't played up to what he showed early on in his career. Um, I think the asking price was too high. I think we all agree the asking price is too high. But, look, if you're a team – exactly to the point. Like, you're a team in a division right now that even though you have a losing record, like, you're swinging for it. This is anybody, I think Jerry Jones probably left that game whether they – lost the way that they did or they won that game in overtime thinking like this is still a division that we can go out and win and he got aggressive and I think if you ask any player out there if they want their owner to be aggressive at a time like this they do so uh, they have drafted well in the first round we'll see how it comes back around very interesting because John Gruden took a lot of heat and I I will never condone getting rid of Khalil Mack especially obviously he's shown it this year the way that he's played but Right now, that team getting ready to move to Las Vegas has three first-round picks next year, two the following year, and who knows if they're done. Is Derek Carr going to be the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders next year? All this stuff coming out right now that he's in, in this weird, fluctual state with his teammates, and he put that 
that that stuff out on Instagram yesterday, and then his brother, not even not even David Carr, his apparently there's another Carr brother out there that's got an Instagram account, <laughs> telling his brother to be quiet out there. So um, maybe we save this for ten minutes of takes, but but you know what, we will. That, that's how we're going to start ten minutes of takes. So we're going to hold on to that one for a little bit. But looking at the rest of the landscape, I'll tell you why this trade for Amari Cooper really really bothers me, because I think they've set the bar now for mm. what is expected for a player like. Patrick Peterson mm. or Le'Veon Bell or somebody that's that top tier Chris Harris trade deadline. Yes. But, but you know, Emmanuel Sanders is getting basically the Cardinals and Broncos are the teams that everybody are looking at right now that are like, okay, who are you going to get rid of? Whose contracts do you want to get rid of? Um, but I think the asking price for Patrick Peterson certainly wouldn't be low. Uh, so now all of a sudden where you're maybe hoping if you're that team that was going to land Le'Veon Bell, if you're an Eagles fan or a Packers fan or somebody like that, wouldn't it be crazy if Gruden flipped some of these picks for Le'Veon Bell? That would be that would be now intense. that Marshawn Lynch is out. <laughs> mm. That would be intense. That would be intense, and that that I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't be shocked at all because like I'm watching Gruden's face. He doesn't seem bothered. He looks like he's like y'all are y'all are y'all are talking, but I know what I'm doing. That's what I see. Every he has this smirk on his face, like yeah. And now I've got five first round picks over the next two years. Sam Hinkie, um, in it. right, right, and like and right. I'm like and I'm like wow. To your point, um, it, it definitely. Reset the market. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a very, very high asking price for. I mean, because Patrick Peterson is, you know, obviously a once in a generation type uh, defensive back. Same with Le'Veon Bell as far as his position, and still young, by and the still way. Still young. Like I think Patrick Peterson's Man. just been playing so at such a premier height for so long that you feel like he's been he's in the been league in the, forever. Right. He just turned 28. <laughs> yeah. He's not. He's not yeah. an old. And, and not to me- yeah. and not to mention for his asking price, you still have him under team control for the next two years yeah now here's the thing that here's a trade that kind of uh, i don't know it didn't make sense to me i mean i guess it kind of makes sense if i think about it hard enough but eli apple to the saints i'm not sure what the saints have seen but eli apple to me is not good i'm not a fan i think he's i think he's a, a pretty physical corner and i think he's got range but other than that, I think he, he was definitely the, the weak spot on the defense. Um, I think teams definitely targeted him because they knew that he was the weak spot on the defense. Maybe a change of scenery helps. Maybe, like, a, a scheme change helps. Um, but what I've seen over the past, like, two, three seasons, I'm like, I, I don't see anything that makes me feel like he's special. And then the snacks trade, I don't get that one for from the Giants' standpoint because – Snacks but again, we're, we're talking about now, we're talking about situations where I think defensive tackle is, is a prime example of where you can get away with this in the NFL because most of the time, like Snacks typically isn't even on the field on third down. That's so true. you know exactly what you're getting for him. Now his contract is heavy, so certainly that's the reason why the Giants wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. But, but defensive tackle, like there, there's not a whole lot of homework at defensive tackle. Like it, it, you're basically in there to muck everything up, get home, and – do what you got to do, and and you're one and six. So it's like, what more? What do you need? Like a, a two down defensive back, defensive tackle for if right. you're at this point one mm-hmm. and six. And mm-hmm. the Eli Apple point, I, I first of all, New Orleans secondary certainly hasn't been anything to write home about. So I, I think maybe your thought process is, it's a he's a first round talent. There's a reason he went in the first round. Credit where credit's due. Even Landon Collins said he was kind of taking 
blown away by the trade a little bit because he said, and we know those two didn't exactly get along last season, mm-hmm. but said, I, I certainly have noticed watching Giants games, Eli Apple's name coming up less. I'm not saying that he's a great no, corner. No, I have noticed that as well. I think he's gotten better. He just still hasn't shown enough for me to be like, if I was the Saints GM, I want that guy. That's just. But nah. if he's available, again, if he's available, he's a first round talent. It, it, and the Saints right now are looking like a team that might be like, an, uh, you know, a prime example is last year the Eagles trade for Jay Ajayi, at, you know, right around this yeah. time. And Jay, injuries, like, had kind of had a falling out with Miami a little yeah. bit. There was all those rumors. Then he came in. And he wasn't a world beater, but he certainly played a role in the Eagles winning a Super Bowl last year. So maybe the New Orleans Saints are thinking, okay, if this guy can come in and be – he doesn't need to be a pro bowler, but he just needs to – we're going to score points. If he if he turns one touchdown into a field goal, okay, we, we've won this trade. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm not saying that I don't think he can still pan out to be a good player. i just saying from what I've seen, I wouldn't be like, oh, I want that guy. Sure. But uh, I think he I think he get better. Yeah, like you said, I think change of senior is probably a good thing for yeah. him. Also, not to mention a former teammate, Marshawn Lattimore, is also there as well. So maybe having that, you know, that old Ohio State connection maybe something that – uh, both Eli Apple needed for that to happen. So I don't think we're done. Now, again, you know, we, we I think as football fans, we want to see Le'Veon Bell somewhere else because we don't know. Ooh, go ahead. I just, I have to get it off my chest. Speaking of Ohio State, <laughs> goodness gracious. What? I need to ask you, Chris. What happened? I'm, this is an RPO. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Wrong podcast, Sorry, but, but geez. we call that getting taken to the woodshed <laughs> a little bit every year. Uh, well, Bruh. every year. That's what the, that's last year Iowa, this year Purdue. But that's <laughs> Urban Meyer needs to get fired. But that's that's <laughs> oh, the my. plight of a college football. I think that's why people love college football because you you it takes one one loss yes. and then you're just in panic mode so every game matters but uh, getting back to the nfl here as the trade deadline does approach we're a week away there's a lot of teams that are just in the mix there's a lot of parity in the nfl right now and i think jerry jones trades a first round pick for amari cooper because he sees that you know a prime example is the Atlanta Falcons were left for dead a couple of weeks ago. All of a sudden, they're three and four. And how many teams are three and four in the NFC right now? You're certainly in the mix for a wild card spot. So I don't think that the moving and shaking is done. I'd love to see Patrick Peterson go somewhere. You got to, you, you got to, you got to think Bill Belichick is just lying in the weeds on Patrick Peterson right now. For like sure. You just got to think so. Uh, you want to see Le'Veon Bell go somewhere, but I think there's. Go, go ahead. Go Here's ahead. Here's a question. Would you trade – if you're the Cardinals and you're the Patriots, would you give away Josh Gordon for Patrick Peterson? I think – if my quarterback's not Tom Brady, I, I think Tom has been looking for – I think Tom's found something very comfortable. Rob Gronkowski has not been Rob Gronkowski this season, and you don't even know it. The Patriots are rolling right along. So if Josh Gordon is doing this well for Tom right now, and Rob Gronkowski still has to come back and be himself in the mix. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman missed the first four games of the season. No, because I think, again, right now we're in a league where you have to score. And I think Bill Belichick would bet I've got a better chance of outscoring you with Josh Gordon than I do shutting you down with Patrick Peterson. So... Uh, but you you'd love to see him get moved. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, um, one of my sleeper teams for probably Kenny Patrick Peterson is probably the Detroit Lions. They're on a three game win streak. Um, they finally figure out um, how to run the football with Carryon Johnson. He had over 150 yards. I think Man, it's the, that was great. 
Yeah, and they still have a lot of good weapons. Um, they have Galloway. They have Golden Tate. Um, yeah, they have Marvin Jones. And more importantly, if they can improve that secondary by getting a Patrick Peterson alongside with Darius Slate, Detroit might be coming. Yeah. Well, and, and not to mention, we, we got to consider that the NFC North. And they is, just got snacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that NFC North is also just as just as wide open. Like, right. the Packers are just, like, hovering around. Vikings are starting to pick up steam. And the Bears, who I was really high on, they're really starting to come right down to earth. That defense is letting up back-to-back 30-point games. Well, that's where, we're, that's where we're talking. Maybe one of these teams does decide to roll the dice because, it, I mean, Minnesota's another team. They, they go into that, that game against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, and everybody's thinking that whoever loses that game is left for dead. Now all of a sudden Minnesota's fighting it out for the NFC North. So uh, you, I think as a football fan, you hope somebody gets froggy and wants to leap and wants to give up two first-round picks or Whoa. do something like that. I know, but – but nah, again, Amari it, listen, Cooper has set say, this bar. <laughs> yeah. And if you're Arizona, if you're Arizona, like you are in like ultimate rebuild ro- mode right now. So get whatever you can. But unfortunately, I just think I could see Le'Veon Bell going because they're going to get a conditional third either way. So if they can find a maneuver where it's like, okay, we get your second conditionally. If he does X, Y, or Z, that turns into something better. Or at least you get a third round pick from somebody that's not at the back end of a round where it's like, okay, it's a three. It turns to a two if he does this. It turns to a one if you guys win the Super Bowl or whatever the case may be. But Here's a question for you guys. Do you think it's the end of the Leonard Fournette era in Jacksonville? I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think you take a guy number four overall and then – Last I, year. Again. I mean, but he's had this hamstring injury for for a while now. Well, I think there's a reason you go out and you get Carlos Hyde. I mean, realistically, but – Yeah, Carlos Hyde and, like, TJ Yeldon can bridge the gap. And not to mention you have a bye week coming up, so Leonard Fournette should be back for that. And he looked at times special last year. Oh, yeah. he, he wore down towards oh, the yeah. end of the season – but there, there the, he changes that offense. Yeah, that, that that especially the first half of that season, in a season where we knew Jacksonville's defense was going to be good, and it was like, can their offense do anything? You knew it was going to be Leonard Fournette all day, and he carried the rock and did it well. So I don't think they're certainly ready. Certainly a disappointment. I mean, you look at Dalvin Cook, you look at Leonard Fournette, two guys taken high in that draft that yeah. uh, just haven't been able to to show up as much as teams have certainly wanted them to. But Latavius Murray, I mean, even TJ Yeldon has, you know, certainly been respectable running the yeah. football for the Jaguars. So it'll be very interesting to see. You think of names like Deshaun Jackson. We mentioned Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. You think of names like LaShawn McCoy. The Bills are a team that are falling off the radar a little bit. So maybe those are the names, those those not I don't want to say I don't want to say has-beens. That's not fair. But guys that are certainly names that you know, but aren't Patrick Peterson and Le'Veon Bell. I could certainly see those names getting moved. Here's what I would actually like to see. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think I honestly think Gruden is going to stick with Carr. But what I would like to see happen is Derek Carr go to Jacksonville. Okay. So we're, with that, Tyler, can you get our buzzer sound ready over there? Because uh, <laughs> we have hit the 20 minute mark here, and that means that we are officially in 10 minutes of take mode. So uh, we got our takes lined up here. Uh, Again, the game goes like this. I'm going to give you a take. If you agree with it, let it ride. If you disagree, throw a hand up. Tyler's going to hit the buzzer for us, and we will discuss exactly what that is. So if you're on the Oakland Raiders roster right now, you got to be thinking, it doesn't matter what position you play or how you play it, there there might be a good chance you're getting traded in the next week or in the offseason. So... We'll start with that. Derek Carr is the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders in 2019. 
Okay, I'm, and I'm going to agree with you guys on that one because uh, I think one of the big reasons John Gruden came back and one of the things that was talked about a lot in the offseason when he was coming back was he, he had a crush on Derek Carr, uh, who has, has shown really before that injury that he, he could be that dude yeah. and, and, and never said a bad injury. He's come back from it and just hasn't been able to find his rhythm. And there was the whole thing, like a, a big part of why he posted that on Instagram the other day was because everybody said that he was like crying, getting picked up off the ground a couple, like somebody hit him in his chewy chocolate center right now. So he <laughs> needs to step up and he doesn't need to be perfect, but that team, <laughs> that team, I got to run laughing over there. That team needs to like man up yeah. because there, I think there's 53 spots open on the roster. No, I think the only reason why he, he'll be the quarterback next year is because this quarterback class coming out isn't the really isn't the strongest class. I think what Gruden is going to aim for next year is a much better quarterback class. If the kid from Oregon stays for a year, you still got Tua from Alabama. Um, it's a better quarterback class next year. This is a more defensive draft. So I think Gruden will probably shore up his defense and then find his quarterback in the following draft. All right, so we're going to move right along here. Amari Cooper is going to get nine games with the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to end up with over 500 yards for the Cowboys before the season's over. Agree. Agree. Okay, so that's about a pace of 55 a game, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but the way those wide receivers have been in Dallas, there, there really hasn't been a whole lot of ground to gain. When, when you know, Cole, Be Cole Beasley makes a couple catches in a row the other day, and you would have thought in that Washington game he had just like reinvented the wheel. <laughs> uh, so okay, so uh, and I'll, I'll I think fifty five is a fair number because there's going to be a couple games we'll, where he'll probably take the top off a little bit and get over that. But I think fifty five a game is kind of a fair assessment. Moving on, Adam Thielen's averaging nine and a half catches a game. He's on pace for one hundred and fifty two. Adam Thielen will beat Marvin Harrison's one hundred forty three catches in a single season. <laughs> Woo! Both of y'all ain't got no faith. All right, Chris, I'll start with you. Go ahead. I just don't think he's going to do it. <laughs> what a take! I, 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 I don't have a a fancy answer on justifying why. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because I think teams are are going to start playing him a little bit different, um, and I think they're going to make the adjustment. Um, I know from what I've seen watching film, you know, a lot of the coverages get rolled over to to Stephon Diggs, so Adam Thielen gets a lot of more one on ones. Um, I think teams are going to start actually playing him a little or because what it is I don't think teams took him serious I'll tell you what the the pace that they started off the season with with throwing the football I, I don't think it's I mean we're talking about nine and a half ten catches a game right now he's he's on a pretty good pace he's at 67 catches I don't think 80 in the last nine ten games eight games is that is that far off it's not far it's not that far off but you gotta run the football later in the season and especially as a game holder yeah do you in a dome in minnesota do you i in mean a dome in detroit you have to play in? i'm just talking about because what happens is like i said teams start to figure you out and when they start figuring figuring you out you have to be able to have a balanced offense now granted he could for the simple fact that because they haven't run the ball well it's a possibility they're going to be down in a lot of games. They're going to have to throw the football, so it's a possibility, and I think it's a very strong possibility. I just don't think it, I don't think it's going to happen. Adrian Peterson, your boy. You yes, told us uh, in the beginning of the season, <laughs> Avery. You said it. You said he might do it. Averaging seventy-three yards per game, pacing for over eleven hundred yards. He's had some banged-up weeks, though. Adrian Peterson breaks a thousand yards this season. Agree. I'm going to agree. 
As long as he stays Ooh, healthy. But that's the thing. I mean, he's already – dude can still run hard. Like, I, I don't – what, 33 right now, yeah. Adrian yeah. Peterson? Mm-hmm. Like, think about being a young safety in the NFL and, and – a- <laughs> like, he just runs hard. Yeah. Like, he's just a different – it's like a bull in a move. china shop, yeah, man. The like way he, his legs move. You look, and at thirty three, like his legs look like he's running hard. He's right. just a superhuman athlete. And also, what I think will help is Chris Thomas. Chris Thompson's also working his way back. Yeah, and I think that'll definitely take him out of like three down situations. I hate that. I I, I hate that a little bit because I see that it frustrates AP to not be able to be out there on third down. I see it. I see it all over his shape. But he's he's been keeping quiet and just doing his thing. But you got to think that he, you know, I, think I can't stand those ninety-nine yard games. Though. Oh, I know, <laughs> ninety-nine and that used to drive him nuts oh, too. Oh my well, because God. he had he had like ninety-seven, and then I think he lost a couple yards of the play, and then picked up like five. Um, but you had to know when he went to New Orleans last year. Right away, I think the vast majority of people thought like, okay, this just isn't a fit. Like this, this isn't it. what he is. Yeah. So you hope that you had mentioned Chris Thompson coming back. Like AP isn't that, you know arrow route out of the backfield, get one-on-one with a linebacker, make a miss. So you have to hope that he actually realizes, like, okay, if I come in here and do this role, maybe my legs are a little bit fresher. Maybe when it comes yeah. time to finish the game. I can't remember exactly how their schedule ends, but I don't think the Washington Redskins play a team with a winning record the rest of the year. As of right now, a team with a winning record the rest of the year. So, you know, if Alex They Smith do can, play the Eagles twice in December, though. They do, but again, the Eagles yeah. don't have a winning record right now. Yeah. And both of those games obviously could determine which way the NFC East goes and obviously square up the playoff picture. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, to your point, when we were talking about the Vikings earlier, you know, you're got, you're, you want to run the football late in the season. If all of a sudden he can get a little bit fresher and do all those things, th- does he average 73 yards a game if he's not on the field as much? I don't know. I don't think so. But I don't think it's far-fetched to think that he breaks 1,000 yards. But I think he's a great story, but – it seems like every game it's like shoulder, back, knee. It's not like finger. Like he, like he, he's battling multiple injuries yeah. in, in major spots. So hopefully he can keep that pace going. Uh, Joe Flacco is currently fifth in the NFL in yards per game, 280 behind Matt Ryan, who sits at number one. Joe Flacco will finish the season in the top five in the NFL in yards per game. All right, we got, we got two disagreements. Chris, I'm going to need something better than I just don't think it's going to happen. Can you give me some <laughs> statistical information or something here? I think, you know, some of the the already top-tier quarterbacks like like the Drew Brees, like the Aaron Rodgers, this is going to be the time where they were going to start picking it up. And, like, obviously we know the history with Baltimore. They're going to love running the football, especially, like, later down, like, then November, December when it starts getting cold down in Baltimore. I don't think Flacco's going to keep this up. I agree um, with, with everything uh, Chris just said. I think that the, the, the quarterbacks, the top-tier quarterbacks are going to start showing themselves true to that, and they're going to – like, I think, for example, I think Matthew Stafford is going to start picking it up. Um, and so I, I, I just don't think he'll be in the top five. Last one. It's been the story all offseason. It's been the story through the preseason. It's been the story through the regular season. Le'Veon Bell is on the sidelines next week when Baltimore and Pittsburgh square up. I agree. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll buzz with you on this one, Chris. Chris, go ahead. What are you thinking? I, I don't know. It's I just haven't heard anything from him. I think unless he's getting traded, I don't see him on the sidelines this season. I don't. I don't see no effort on his part on trying to go back this season. Well, the problem is, in order to get a season accrued, 
and for this season to count as a season under the franchise tag, he has to be back. He has to be back. So what that capacity, that's where it gets interesting because like, if he comes out and, and he certainly stood on his own this long that, that he, he could honestly come out and say like, they could dress me if they want to, but I'm not going in the game, which to this point, it's like he's made a point, but at some point, do you have to show like, okay, even when push comes to shove, like I'll be there for my team. I don't know. I think he has to be there next week, unless again, they're able to find a trade, which I'm surprised at this point, it's taken this long for them Hmm. to find a trade because again, you're getting a conditional third, no matter what. And it's difficult for me to believe that no team has come in and said, second round pick or even like we discussed earlier conditional third if he shows up if he plays all his games that turns to a second if oh snap we make a run we go to the super bowl that turns to a first something like that Mm. it's very surprising me that that hasn't happened but if if he doesn't show up and he doesn't go and whether they dress him or not he has to sign that tender for this season to count as an accrued season in order to be a free agent next year, and that, that's that, that's part of the reason why I think he um, he shows up. I mean, first that, and then there you know there were reports that he would uh, you know report uh, during the bye week, and now they're saying probably won't report until you know the trade deadline and everything like that. I just think that because, I, and this is just a personal opinion. I, I haven't heard anything. I don't know the guy. Nothing. I just think from a competitive standpoint as a competitor, he's going to be like, you know, I just missed the game. You know what I mean? Like, so granted, you know, that doesn't seem to be the case as of right now, but I just feel like at some point he's going to be like, all right, you know what? I do want this check. It's four, you know, it's $14 million and I missed the well, game. It's not $14 million anymore. Well, yeah, it's, not, it's but, you know, like eight. Um, but it's just like, you know, I think he, I think he would, uh, he would want to come back and play from a competitive standpoint. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We will see because next week, October 30th, is the trade deadline. Again, very exciting scene around the NFL right now because this is an aspect that the the NFL has been so good at becoming the big sport in this country right now. And really just the one thing they haven't been able to wrap their hands around is having a viable trade deadline. And all of a sudden, it's looking like they might have just that. Quick question. What are you guys doing Friday or Sunday? Friday or Sunday. Friday or Sunday. I don't like where this is going. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'm an actor as well, and I'm acting in a show on Friday at Il Portico in Burlington and Sunday at Warm Daddy's in Philly. So I want you guys to come support. Come check me out. You know, it's a murder mystery dinner. It's I love dope. it. I think it'd be a great time. My guy. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just you yeah, sprung that on us quick, man. You caught yeah. me off guard here. See it what just, happened? It just, it just hit me. I got this thing. Like, hey, it's like, I, I would love be to a- see my, my aired out fam there, you know? Yeah. You see know? what happened? It was Chris and I. Chris and I got that <laughs> thing. Yeah, 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 that thing. That thing, okay. like, that thing like, with the <laughs> other thing. Right. Got you. Okay. All right. And then, like, my car. Previous engagement. My car is not going to be working Is out of oil. I got you. And it's like, I can't find Yeah, didn't you say you were going to help me out at that other radio station? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I thought it was something. Right. I, I had that's to make sure. right, because we were going to answer them questions from the thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. And no, it's I probably going to take it. all weekend. So, like, yeah. ah. Makes sense. Listen, I don't want to be an all day thing. It is the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com. Don't forget that Madden tournament just around the corner. Limited spots are left. There is a buy-in, which means there is a payout if you win the thing. So, Go ahead and go to InsideTheHashes.com to get all those details. For Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, and maybe Le'Veon Bell. Maybe we'll all see you next week. We don't know. We'll see what happens. It's the Air It Out podcast.